Hello, 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 and welcome to House Meeting, a podcast about living together. Uh, I am your host, Kelly Morrison, along with my two best friends, roommates, and co-hosts, uh, Frank Delano and Eddie Klinker. Say hi, guys. Hello. hello. How are you guys doing? Wow. So this is our inaugural episode, uh, and let's let's go into a little bit of details about um, what this podcast is, who we are, and kind of the why behind everything. Um, so Frank... Eddie and I have been living together for a long time, very, very long time. And we were friends before that. We were friends who moved in together, and everyone knows how that goes. You kind of learn more about each other than maybe you did before when you were just friends. And our relationship as of late, we've been grinding each other the wrong way, Mm. rubbing each other the wrong way, and we wanted to set up these weekly meetings where we can come together, kind of work on our communication, see where our problems may lie and kind of like reinvigorate our friendship and carry that into, you know, our new relationship as roommates, maybe get back to where we were. Cause we haven't, we've loved living together in the past. We had so many good times. Oh yeah. We made so many memories, you know, visiting the butterfly garden every Sunday uh, and pancake Tuesday. We did live in an amazing apartment. We were right next to a butterfly garden yeah. And I would say I loved it, but the cons definitely outweighed the pros, I would say. I don't know if you guys agree. Oh, yeah. You know, I think once the novelty wears off and you start realizing, like, man, these butterflies escape all the time. And I'm accidentally eating a lot of these monarch butterflies and getting very sick. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know this. With butterflies, it's kind of like once... Once the the hours are done, they let the butterflies go out into the city at night. They unzip the top of the big dome. They let the butterflies fly out. And as long as you're back by clock in the next day, it's pretty it's it's pretty much fine. Yeah, it's a job for them. You yeah. know, like we all have our nine to fives or whatever hours it may be. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, that time is theirs. And a lot of them ended up wanting to use their free time to fly into my mouth and make me sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, now that we we no longer live in that apartment, we live in a brand new apartment. But we've run into some old habits. Uh, Franklin, I know that you and I had a disagreement this morning. That maybe I was thinking we could kick off, mm. you know, the conversation that way. Or should we introduce ourselves a little bit more and kind of just tell the audience a little bit of who we are? Because we all know each other very well. Um. Mm. But maybe it's it's nice to give us how should how should we do this? How should we introduce ourselves? Well, I think uh, you know, I think uh it would be nice for everybody to hear a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. You know, uh, mm. you know I, I'm I'm from uh Illinois, you know, and uh my family's been from Illinois for a long, long time. I'm one of the first ones in my family to actually branch out of the city. Um, I liked to, uh, play with cards. I don't do tricks, but I just like to shuffle them around a lot and, uh, just count them, throw them in the air, count them before they hit the ground and, and just make sure they're all there. Uh, you know, that, yeah, you don't tell anybody things. what the number is though. It would definitely be a trick if you told us, you know, cause you can oh. count them all in the air and then like, but then you won't, you, you have a lot of, you have a high perception, but you're very cagey. Yeah, like I sometimes like you'll throw them up and I'll see you doing the calculations and then just kind of like silently congratulating yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, the thing is, like, if I just told you guys the answer, you wouldn't be able to get any kind of enjoyment out of it. You know, I think that mm. it is so fun that if you guys would try to, in, in, you know, try it out for yourselves, you know, instead of just watching me do it, we could be something we could be all doing together, you know? Yeah, you have mm. been, it's been, Franklin, it's been pretty obvious that you have wanted us to join in with your card throwing uh, up in the air. You maybe will... We were playing Mario Kart before, Eddie and I, and you came in and you yes. threw up cards in the air and you told you exclaimed how much fun it was. You said, wow, this is so much better than Mario. You've been yeah. pretty jealous of Mario in the past. It's true. Or I remember, you know, at one time you tried to sort of co-opt it and you drew a lot of very interesting pictures of Mario and you were calling it Mario cards. Yeah, and I would throw them in the air and do, you know, I was trying to enjoy that, but there is a, I do have an issue with Mario and your guys' obsession with that. Um, you know, I think it's a real negative, uh, uh, you know, uh, representation of Italian Americans and plumbers. And I think you guys are doing yourselves a disservice doing this game, you know, uh, but cards, Frank, Franklin, they're not doing nothing to nobody. Let's get down to the issue because you know that you don't like Mario, not because he's a bad representation of Italians or that he's a plumber. It's because Eddie and I did not like your video game that much. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It was a little gritty for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was like gritty and also like, I guess like sort of like almost too mundane. It was like a very real representation of like an overweight middle-aged plumber's life. There was a lot of him like sort of being in his apartment watching TV. That was a level in it. <laughs> I will it's, say I, your revamped Mario was much more respective towards his Italian heritage. Yes. <laughs> I liked that. I liked when he was uh, that level when you are the you are the king of uh, the Italian Day Parade. That's a very fun level. It's gritty. <laughs> it's, very, it's very gritty. Thank you. It's very intense. Yes, I like to use a lot of wide angles in uh, <laughs> the the more intense uh, parts of the scenes. Uh, but yes, I do want it to pay an homage to actual Italian culture and what better than the Italian Day Parade. Yeah, and you you changed his uh, his slogan to my mother. <laughs> yeah i his did mom because italians respect him, their mother which was okay? interesting he'd yell my mother and then she'd come in and the two of them would watch tv together as opposed to mamma mia which we all know this is an old catchphrase right but yeah he would say my mother and then his mother comes in um the luigi type you recast the luigi as his mother that's right luigiana uh and uh they have a very uh, respectful relationship uh, not much different than, uh, well, actually much different than we have here. You know, a lot of people don't respect, it's just, he, you know, old Mario ain't going to throw his mom into a nursing home. You understand? Like he's very respectful of her. He, and they say, Hey, they have a life that they're living together. Right. And Birdo yeah. and Yoshi and Waluigi, they're all saying, put her in a home. Yeah. His <laughs> friends. A lot of the meeting is them kind of like sitting Mario down and kind of like explaining that maybe it's time where she can get better. Luigiana can get more sophisticated round the clock care if she were in a different kind of facility. This game, do you see why we didn't like it? It's too real. It was too gritty. Yeah. I mean, we were both bawling our eyes out playing this game. 
I mean, I will so say the level where you feed his pet turtle Bowser was pretty fun. But it it, it is it is seven hours. Yes, it's, it takes a long time to open the turtle food with the childproof lock on it. <laughs> and uh, Mario does kind of get lost in thought and kind of is preoccupied about thinking about his mother's health. And, and you know, the food kind of takes a back seat. But yeah, so Frank, I want you to know the game had a high, it had a high degree of artistic vision. Let's say something positive about the game. I will say it had a very high degree of artistic vision that was executed um, uh, competently. Um, and then maybe That's a slight nice. critique. It did make me very sad for a very long time. A profound sadness, kind of like when okay. I saw um, Seven Pounds with Will Smith. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but you definitely I'm have potential, and I want you to keep working. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your notes. I'm gonna take them into consideration. Yeah, I mean, I am, you know, oh. a little scared of the next game, but I know the the last one left off with the cliffhanger where the doctor said Mario had a bowel obstruction. So I'm interested to see what happens next. Yeah, and he said Mario has a bowel obstruction. So and that's when it cut off. That was yeah. the end run the credits he says so he holds the so for quite a while the doctor but i am excited i'm excited yeah. about that um so franklin you do work in the gaming field or is this a hobby for you i forget yeah so i mean it's a hobby now i i guess but it's trying to lead to a career i just want to like build up a nice resume before i actually walk into rockstar games that's the only place i'll work for i'm mm. not going to start anywhere i just want to let them know who i am right off the bat and just get hired like right on the spot and i think you can do it you definitely have the talent you definitely have the drive you definitely have rockstar's address yeah, I mean, and, you know, also a company known for making games that have gritty realism. You yeah. know, yours are a little more like day to day. The stakes may not be quite the same, but it's a similar voice. I definitely. mean, thank you. It's definitely rated mature. Oh, yeah, yeah. extremely. <laughs> Those Mario sex scenes were also very intense. They were intense and they were... uh human they were very human mm -hmm. thank you you know you definitely related to them it wasn't a, it wasn't a good feeling but you definitely related oh yeah just sort of like the clumsy undressing was very cringy but very real <laughs> eddie you just got a new job am i right uh yeah that's right uh i am now the uh chief fossil collector for the local museum Yes, you are. You're in charge of finding new fossils. Yes. Um, so, you know, I spend a lot of my days out in the canyon, in the ravines, looking at the rocks. Is this a trilobite or is it just a weird rock? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of a dream come true. You know, I've always been very interested in old creatures and stuff. So the the fact that the museum finally saw it my way after a lot of arguing about it was it feels good yeah a lot of back and forth between you and the uh the the top brass at the local museum 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they're sort of, you know, these snooty, like, you know, academia people who are like, you need formal training in this. You've mm-hmm. given us, like, mm-hmm. a lot of bugs you stuck in honey saying maybe it was frozen in amber and we could get dinosaur DNA. But uh, I, I you you maintain that those were actual fossilized amber amber encrusted bugs. Oh, from ancient yeah, times. I was I was just eating a peanut butter and honey sandwich on my way to the museum and that's why there was honey on them and i think they got confused but these were ancient bugs i'm pretty sure they looked old it was when you showed up with just a bunch of chewed up butterflies that they were like i don't know if this is actually a fossil but then you took that feedback yes you worked with it and then you started you started showing up with primo fossil product my friend Oh, yeah. You know, eventually it was just like learning where to look. And it turned out it wasn't like, you know, under the couch where I'd like thrown up some butterflies Mm -hmm. or, you know, in the fridge where my peanut butter and honey sandwich was. It was, you know, in these uh, these rocky beds, you know, there's some great geologic formations near where we are. And, you know, there's some great fossils. I just had to sort of venture out of the house and do some exploring to find them. A lot of people think when the giant chasm opened up at the side of town that it was a bad thing. Not for me. Not for me at all. I was pretty excited to see our town sort of be threatened by this whole ripping apart, the earth ripping at the seams. That was great news for me and my industry. Oh, yeah. You were very excited. You ran right towards when it happened. The town. So as so as many people probably saw, our town was suffered a great earthquake. Mm. um maybe like six months ago uh and a giant chasm ripped open right in the middle of main street uh we're gonna say six to seven blocks were lost well they weren't lost they're just like they just fell right you know they're we we know where they are they're just lower than they used to be right so it's easy when we mail a letter now now we have to repel right you know Post offices down there, not so convenient, uh, especially for the post-free people, I'm sure. Uh, what else is down there? The sandwich shop. Uh, sandwich shop is down there. Um, all of those, uh, uh, all the subterranean creatures mm-hmm. that we've discovered down there. Yep. Um, who are kind of like uh, terrorizing the people who are down there. Yeah, it's really become a stratified society literally because some people live in this nightmare world (laughs) and some of us are ground walkers and we just kind of look down at them and say hey (laughs) did my package from amazon come yet (laughs) it's unfortunate too because we have not no ladder nor rope long enough to reach down no it's so subterranean and even if we did their bodies have changed the pressure and the darkness of living at the bottom of the chasm for so long has altered their bodies. I don't even know if if Postmaster Bill could even have a successful life up here because he has slitted eyes yep, like his, a, a subterranean mole. He's, I, the last time I saw him, uh, his skin had gone completely translucent because, you know, there's just, mm. you know, no need for... Like, what little sunlight gets down there, you need to absorb all of it. Yeah, I don't know if he's coming to our high school reunion. I honestly would feel kind of weird at this point if he did. Yeah. 
So you've been going down there to collect fossils into this subterranean nightmare world? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we don't actually have, you know, the ladders or the ropes to help anyone out, but I have a rope that will get me about halfway down and which is deep enough for the fossils. And so I'm kind of like hitting the side of this canyon and getting all my little fossilized shrimp and crabs and stuff. And like, you know. Well, the red lobster fell down there too. Yeah, the red lobster did fall down there, which was very confusing because some of the shrimps are ancient ones and some of them are breaded butterfly shrimps and buffalo sauce and the museum has not been happy with which ones i think should be displayed i think the museum had a beautiful cheddar bay biscuit um display exhibit i thought it was tasteful and tasty yeah thank you and you know i think the Museums have been so reluctant to let people touch and interact when that's how they learn best. And you're telling me now you can put the exhibits in your mouth? It's just another sensory experience to help you retain that information. Because you did get us thrown out of a couple of museums by trying to put the exhibits in your mouth. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw like a, you know, you see like an animal that you're just never going to interact with. Like a stuffed dodo. And I said, what does it taste yeah. like? Well, you do have this extra sensory thing, like with your mouth and your taste buds that I think is pretty incredible. You once found like a lost cat just by putting one of its hairs in its mouth, in your mouth. Yeah, so a lot like a hound dog can like pick up the scent of something. Mm-hmm. Um Eddie is very capable of getting the taste of something, being able to track it down. Oh, yeah. It's a skill I've been trying to cultivate for a long time. I like to almost think of my taste buds as uh, tongue fingers because they can sort of feel things so so well. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm glad we were able to find the cat. Uh, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as you can see, we're friends. We get along. We like talking to each other. We like we like interacting with each other. We like hearing about each other's days. We have an interest in our lives. Oh, wait, should I introduce myself? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my name is Kelly Morrison. I am a professional ball boy for tennis. I'm one of those, um, you know, individuals who stands in the back. And when the ball like hits the net or something, I will run as fast as I can in my shorts, pick it up, put it in my shorts pocket and stand back with my hands behind my back. I've been doing it for a very long time. I'm very good at it. I take pride in it. Yeah. Um, um, I know that like the last time the the tourney was in town, Roger Federer asked for you specifically. Yes, he did. I am, well, as we all know, Roger is an amazing tennis player, mm. um, but he's also very insecure. Oh, that's sad. We We know this. Yeah. We all know this. You can tell and you are by his style. really good at Say again, amping Frank? people up. I was just saying you're actually really good at amping people up too. Your your words are so inspirational. You build up people all the time. Oh yeah, I'll give. I'll be back there and I'll say something right as they're about to. Right as he's about to serve, I'll just be give a big. You got this, <laughs> Raj. You got this. No sweat. And yeah, it just gives him that little extra strength. At first, he was startled by it. At first, he said, please do not talk when I'm serving. Please. 
He begged me. He's very insecure. Sure. I mean, you probably just embarrassed him. You know? Like, sometimes when someone's really <laughs> the mega, building the you up, you're like, am I worthy of this love? And you get embarrassed. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I went full Lizzo on Roger Federer at the last US Open. I busted out my flute. <laughs> I played him a Love Yourself song. And he did. And then I think that's, that's what led him to win that particular event. Yeah, I noticed uh, that you've been getting back more into the flute lately. Has the town orchestra let you back in? I will say there's no, you know me, I, I as soon as I join an organization, mm. I buy the rule book. Of course. Because I know at a certain point, I'm going to need it. Sure. I'm going to need a bylaw. Because the way I like to live my life is I break rules. Yes. It's true. You are a rule breaker. So I, I was thrown out of the town marching band mm -hmm. for sabotaging the other flautists so that uh, I was not given a solo when I deserved one for the big winter festival, the winter festival concert that all the, that all the best you know, in uh, musicians in town oh. as part of the marching band will do this. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, like, especially, like, when they're playing that song during the ice cube chewing contest, like, it's the highlight of my winter every year. Oh, the ice cube chewing contest in this town is intense and well-scored. But as ever, I wanted the big flute solo mm -hmm. right in the middle of right in the middle of um. What song do we? What's what's the name of the song that we normally play during the ice chewing competition in town? Oh, ice ice baby. Yeah, I, that's it. So right in the middle of ice ice baby, um, I wanted the solo, uh, which is the rapping part. <laughs> right, you have a very like unique. Well, I guess other people attempted it at this show, but. You are the best flute rapper I know. That is kind of you to say. Um, and I agree. I think I'm the best flute rapper I know. Mm. And I wanted the solo, so I regrettably uh, switched out when they weren't looking all the other flautists' flutes uh, and then replaced them with kielbasa mm. that I had painted silver and drew circles on. So they wouldn't make any noise, and everyone could only hear my flute part. Yeah, and you had an unfortunate spout with rain that made everything wash away, and then everybody if just only realized. it didn't rain that day. So unfortunate. I had almost gotten away with it. Oh yeah, you could see everyone sort of winding up to take their big breaths into the flute. Just then, thunder strike, and absolute downpour. <laughs> downpour, <laughs> torrential. You had this big smug look on your face too, like you got away with it, and then all of a sudden that crack of rain just exploded. No, and everyone could see, and all the the silver paint dripped down their fingers, mm -hmm. and then you know the hey these are kielbasa chants started to, <laughs> started to come, and I knew that was my downfall. Yeah, people started spitting crushed up ice at you guys. Oh, the contest was, it was, at that point, it was a farce. The integrity of the contest had been betrayed by me, and I'm sorry. And that is why I've been thrown out of the town marching band. But there is, talking about the rule book, there are no laws that says I can't march near them. Wow. Interesting. With my flute, playing whatever I want. So you're going to just sort of be 
a long distance. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk five yards in front of them. Are you going to follow their playlist? I am going to. Let's just say I have to make a couple of runs to the local meat market. <laughs> local Polish meat so market. So not only are you going to follow their playlist, you're also going to try to sabotage them exactly the same way. It won't rain. I'm going to check the weather this time. And if it, so I'll know the forecast. I've replaced, I have plans to replace all of the instruments with pieces of meat that I painted. Okay. The, the French horn, spiral ham. Looks French horn enough to me, I guess. Saxophone, big turkey leg. Saxophone would be a turkey leg, a big turkey leg. Um, I feel like a, a trumpet might be like a a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, you just paint a Philly cheesesteak gold and it basically <laughs> looks like a trumpet. All right. <laughs> hey, it works. It works. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the lowdown on who we yeah. are. Uh, And we're palling around. We're getting along. We're having a grand old time. But we've been fighting. Yes. We've been we've been at each other's throats, literally. We choke each other to death to sleep a couple nights a week. Yeah, but that's because we have insomnia too. That's true. It is helpful. That you know what? When we choke each other to sleep, those are actually the nights when we come together. I mean, more physical than than emotional, but we're definitely closer together. We're worked up from a big fight we probably yeah. had. None of us can go to sleep. Oh, yeah, you know, you're just huffing and puffing and your brain's getting so much extra oxygen. You just need someone to cut off the supply for a minute. Just got to slow down. So we do a um, kind of like a, a three-way. We stand, we stand in a triangle and we each put one hand on each other's throats. Like, so I'll put my right hand on Eddie's throat, my left hand on Franklin's throat, and they will do the same with me. And we'll just squeeze... And we wake up the next morning, we're fresh as a daisy. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah, a bunch of middle, a bunch of middle schoolers showed us how to do it. We saw a bunch of middle schoolers doing it behind a school to like knock each other out, so they can. Uh... Do you ever do that? Did you guys do the like the like when you try to punch yourself in the chest when you're breathing when you're a kid? Um, I oh to stop your heart <laughs> and black out. <laughs> no, I don't think we ever quite did that. No, no, that might have just been. Well, you went to karate school. Yeah, I went to I went to karate high. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a whole town filled with karate freaks. The whole town was obsessed with karate. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, you know, in like one of those movies where it's like football is the whole town. Yeah, yeah I went where I grew up. Karate was the whole town. Yeah, well, you went to Tekken City High, right? Yeah, I went to Tekken City. I was a transfer mm. student. And let me tell you, when I showed up, I made a splash. I can believe it, you know? It seems like there's, like, a very specific sort of fighting way of doing things there. So I guess, like, a new energy mm. would be very uh, jarring. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, uh, well, you know, my health bar started off great. <laughs> but, you know, after a while, it, it weighs on you. But at Karate High, I made a lot of friends there. Hmm. It's very easy to... I made a lot of enemies as well. 
Of course. The principal, number one enemy. Oh, yeah. It's sort of a last boss almost. Oh, yeah. If you want to graduate from Karate High, you have to kick the principal's ass. That's good. I feel like not enough principals give their students one last challenge to overcome before they go. (laughs) The thing of it is, so what happens is the principal, um, what was his name? Uh, Dr. Dr. Harvey Blackbelt. He would stand up in the front in his graduation gi and he'll call your name. Mm -hmm. Abigail Abraham was the first. She gets her ass kicked. Of course. By the end, you can see the, by when they call to like a Harry Norman, the principal's losing a little steam. So really. So, yeah. So the Z's always graduate. Yeah. Like if you're a parent who wants to set their kid up for success in Tekken City, you name them a Z name. Yeah, a Z definitely a Z name because then he's 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 tired by the end. Oh yeah, he's got to fight what two thousand kids, <laughs> two thousand <laughs> teens. And let me tell you, some of those A, those A names, they've been at the school a while. I can believe it. At a certain point, it's like everyone with an A name is just you know a thirty-year-old person. <laughs> He comes in so strong, so he just knocks the first half of the alphabet right out. Like, oh, yeah, solid he kick does to the not face. miss a beat until he gets to, like, M. I did not graduate. Whoa. Yeah. I I don't talk about this a lot, but I thought I wanted to get my karate experience, and I wanted real karate work. Mm. So I got mm. a karate internship working for a uh, drug smuggler. Sure. Uh, and that was okay. Yeah, I imagine it would put you in oh, some, so like, you, got- you know, morally questionable situations, which could be hard for a young, young man just out of school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is this how the real world works? Mm-hmm. Do I just karate chop anyone my boss tells me to? Sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes it's how it goes. And I don't use my karate in the house. I'll say that. That has been, you guys have told me more times than once to not use my karate in the house. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, and I appreciate that. It is one of those things where, like, yeah, do we choke each other to sleep? Sure. But, like, when we have our differences, we don't really result to violence all that often. You were using your karate to, like, turn on the TV and open your salsa jars and stuff. Oh, yeah. Slice the salsa jar right in half, top down. <laughs> yeah. Um, clean slice. Such a mess in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And the salsa jar doesn't break for a second, and then after the chop, it just explodes. Oh, yeah, you would, like, run by it, and then just sort of stand with your back to the salsa jar, and it looked like nothing had happened. And it would just splatter you, like, two seconds later. Yeah, and we split the cleaning bill for that, and I'm tired of talking about it. Sorry to get, sorry to get snippy. Okay. But that is... Say again, please, please. Oh, I mean, we're here to talk out our differences, so it's good. We are. Mm-hmm. So the big fight this week that we've been alluding mm. to that kind of was the inciting incident for this podcast, because our our bickering, our fighting had gotten to such a point that we couldn't even have fun together anymore. 
Yeah, there were some dark days there. We were all just like all because we live in a studio apartment. Mm -hmm. And so we were all just like in a corner of our apartment, just staring at it, just trying not to make eye contact with each other. Yeah, well, our our apartment used to be a very small old navy. So there are changing rooms in the back that we use as our rooms. Yeah. And I mean, when we aren't, you know, choked to sleep, we all sleep standing up. We have vertical mattresses. Yeah. Something that we do actually unite with is we like to dress up and stand in front of the windows and just pose there like mannequins. Oh, yeah, they left a bunch of clothes. (laughs) And there are very big windows in this apartment. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they just, like, when it's a, you say abandoned old Navy, it's literally like one day they just decided we're not going to do this anymore. They're still going out of business sale. There's nothing. They're just like, okay, people can live here now. Everyone... Every employee threw their hands up, kind of in unison, Mm. and said, I think we've run our course, and just walked away. (laughs) When the realtor showed us, we weren't sure, because let's let's give the audience a little rundown of what our apartment looks like. (laughs) Well... Well, there's obviously like these like just like clothing racks everywhere, so that's a good convenient that's thing. True. There's rods it's... and poles everywhere to yes. hang stuff. No closets, <laughs> no closets, but a lot of places put clothes. Well, let's start. You walk in, the doors open up. <laughs> yeah, they're open from nine to five. There's like a mechanized thing that locks them after that. Right. Oh uh, yeah, we do not know the password for it or the no. passcode. Oh, we have We're to be in or out. five on the dot. Yes. <laughs> that at like oh, metal 4, detector. 49 and like and 45 seconds the gate will start going down it's very we've slow had the indiana and does not jones stop. in here we've had the indiana jones inside of here so many times how many hats have we lost and how many times have we crushed our wrists trying to get our hats so many we've essentially bought the wrist doctor a house i'd have to say at this point uh, oh my god the wrist doctor He's good. He's how many times have we reconstructed our wrists? Uh, at least a dozen mm. each. Yeah. We're basically like our wrists are more machine than person at this point. Yeah, well we 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 the three of us are full of mechanical parts. We will get to that at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure it will come up how much each one of us is actually a machine. Mm-hmm. But so you walk into our 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 apartment, the doors, the big glass doors open yes. up. Uh we have some uh mannequins yep <laughs> some coat racks yep when you walk mm-hmm. in we got that weird beepy machine yep uh, we have the, the cash register yeah i mean we found <laughs> that like if you put instead of in the money drawer if you fill it with ice cubes you could kind of use them as refrigerators <laughs> Yeah, so we have a bunch of tiny cash registers that we're trying to retrofit to be refrigerators. <laughs> yes, that's the it's kitchen. Pretty good. That's the that's the kitchen area. Um, uh, the the bathroom. Bathroom on the first and the second floor. No showers. No showers. Uh, we have one tall bathroom. Um. What else do we have? Oh, the, the, I do like the escalator. Yes. 
The escalator is fun. That's been the a, escalator is definitely fun. That's definitely fun. Sometimes it goes escalator too fast, sometimes it goes too slow. I do like running down the wrong way of the escalator, too. Oh, good for fitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Built-in, like, stair treadmill. So, yeah, living in the old, the old, old Navy, it has more advantages than disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have the mm-hmm. occasional person coming in trying to buy something. Yep. Um, and sometimes people do try to buy our personal effects. Yeah, especially when we are in the windows pretending to be mannequins. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we are giving people the wrong idea. Yeah, but at the same time, we can do what we will within our own home. Oh, it's our, we, it's our, and that is what we tell them. We tell them this is our right to be in these windows for these mannequins. And just because, just because the three of us are in an old navy, an open old navy with all the lights on, yeah, at ten o'clock on a Saturday doesn't mean that this is an old navy. No. And just because we've made no effort to redo the layout or even remove the <laughs> Take products. The sign down. I will say Black Friday was tough last year. <laughs> when I went, okay, so we were woken up abruptly Black Friday morning. Because we were not expecting the gate to be up at midnight. No. <laughs> I, I I heard a uh, I was I'm vertical in my bed. I heard a bump bump bumping outside. I heard kind of like the pressured cracking <laughs> of our front door. <laughs> I peek my head out and I see every every everyone in town. Yeah. The subterranean people somehow came up for this one time deal. It was so early in the morning the sun wasn't hurting their translucent skin yep. yet. And they trampled us. Oh, yeah, it was a literal doorbuster <laughs> sales event. <laughs> they busted right through that door, and we had footprints all over our bodies. They took my guitar. They took all of our stuff. We were it was it was a it was a very public robbing. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and I saw a couple people. They kind of like walked up to the register area, and they're just like, well. Must be free, and they just walked out with the stuff because no one was there to check them out. That's that's all I remember. I remember having very little on my back being stomped, very little lighter oxygen get being able to get to me just because the sheer amount of people. Yeah. And I just we just heard that joke. Oh, must be free. Then I want to say eighty percent of the people did. Yes, at least. I mean, and it was at hard least. to know because like there were a few people who. I feel like we're not necessarily that interested in the stuff and we're just kind of using it as cover to stomp on us. Yeah, I did remember somebody said, let's open this pit up. Well, there was a punk band playing at that time. That's right. That's how your guitar got stolen. I think Danzig was there, right? Yeah, that's right. Danzig, they played for two or three hours. Yeah, it was a crazy show. Yeah. I mean, from what I could hear of it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't really hear the music over the stomping, but yeah, it was a pretty bad Black Friday. It kind of ruined the great Thanksgiving we had. We had an amazing Thanksgiving. We wept thinking about everything we were Mm. thankful for. It was a real emotional moment for all of us. And maybe we need to get back to that. You know what I mean? Maybe, Maybe this increased proximity that we have with one another 
living at home has made us a little jaded. You know, it's made us not as appreciative of each other as we normally were, not as thankful. Mm. Yeah, taken for granted. Taken for granted. Mm. Yeah, because I do consider you guys my best friends. Same. We used to gossip mm. about everyone who lived in our building. When we first moved mm. in, do you remember how fun that was? I do. Mm-hmm. That was super fun. Yeah, the building we live in is just full of characters, mm. full of of interesting people. And we used to, you know, you see somebody doing something. It's like, hey, what do they do? And you can run back to your boys. You tell them what's going on. It was a lot of fun. And we never do that anymore. It was fun. And we also got to, like, know our neighbors better. It was just a good time to just talk and spill some tea, as everybody says yeah. now. And I mean, there is a, you know, above the old Navy we live in, like a more conventional apartment complex. Yes, this is absolutely the business portion of a building that has, I mean, we do live here, so I suppose it is domestic right. now, but it is, it, this was more of a commercial space. Yes. Well, you know, Kelly, I will tell you this, uh, since we're on this whole gossiping thing, I don't know if you guys... Remember old uh, John Will, John Will, who lives on the fifth floor? Mm -hmm. John Will. Old John Will. Yeah, I think he used to um, run that that booth, John Will's booth. He did run that John Will's booth. It did not last very Mm -hmm. long. People were not into his uh, curtain rods that he Mm -hmm. was making and trying to sell. But what I did notice the other day is that he was talking uh, to the mailman because it seemed like he had like a package that was missing, but it was very secretive. Like, and he was kind of threatening the mailman saying like, if I don't get my package, you wait and see. Really? Now, John will has threatened to shoot me in the head before. Yeah. He's a violent guy to be sure. Yeah, he's an actor, am I right? Yes. Yeah. He's uh, uh Yeah, he's dropping soliloquies, like really like aggressive soliloquies, mm. so. Yeah, usually soliloquies have some sort of even the word soliloquy seems, you know, not as intense. He uses the F word a lot. He says fuck quite a bit he does. in soliloquies. He's like very dramatic too. I remember one time uh he came to visit us at the museum and he saw like this uh video about the what a t-rex will do like when it gets like sort of enraged and how they'll battle and he just started screaming sick temper tyrannosaurus i <laughs> love those videos that you make for the museum about what the dinosaurs do when oh, they feel yeah you know <laughs> dinosaur emotions aren't as talked about in to my knowledge as a layman Mm. as a layperson dinosaur emotions aren't as talked about it's a lot of roaring but why do they roar yes that's what you're interested in not enough thought goes into the motivations of the dinosaurs everyone's just sort of interested in like what do their organs look like and like you know when i was a kid i had a book Mm. of dinosaur organs i every month I would get a uh, a magazine that I begged my mom to order me, and it would be just full-on bisected dinosaurs. 
um, you know, drawings, like uh, medically accurate drawings. Obviously, they don't have a lot of these organs, but like artist interpretations. Um, a lot of these artists actually did some visual work for your game, Franklin. Oh, Very yeah. gritty. Oh, yeah. There's a whole uh, like dinosaur kind of organ to that added to the video game for the plumber, you know, like I just wanted to have something that looked a little bit more human than human. Yeah, well, Bowser is on the waiting list for a kidney transplant. <laughs> yeah, everyone's kind of sick in this video game you made. What was the name of it? Did we ever find, did we ever say the name of it? It couldn't hurt to say it again. Oh. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, uh, Italian man. <laughs> it was very important Italian that you get heart. the Italian first. You were like, <laughs> yeah. nationality gets top billing. <laughs> Respect. Respect his culture, please. Uh, yeah, Italian man, Italian city, Italian heart. That was the name of the game. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I I paid these guys a lot of money, and it took a long time to get uh, the artistry back. It was uh, quite a situation I had on my hands. I almost had to go to court over it, to be honest with you. You almost had to go, to go to court. It. You almost did. I was really, really close. I had my phone, my the phone in my hand. I had 1-800-LAWYER. Just like, I just had to hit the R, and I was oh done. Oh my god. But uh, luckily... Eddie stopped me in the nick of time and like knocked some sense into me. Yeah, Eddie, you've been very anti-court for a very long time. Oh, yeah. You know, I think first off, I don't trust anyone in a big black robe. That's a wizard to me, and they will do magic on you. So we're supposed to let magic wizards settle our dispute? I don't think so. Let's just talk it out. Yeah, why, why do we have to be on different levels? Why does mm. one person have to sit up high and then other people sit down low? Yeah, we've got a, enough of that going on with the chasm and the mole people. <laughs> we do. We have. We do have. We need to reduce the the extreme strata we have in our in our town. It's true. Yeah. Um, you will actively you hang out outside the stenographers' college and you try to get them to reconsider. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, if I ever see any of them trying to practice, I'll put like glue on their little typing things to slow them down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just to slow them down. Something you learned from Mario Kart. Yep. It's, you know, uh, it's sort of like a banana peel where it's like, you know, it just gives them a little spin. Maybe they don't come in first place. Maybe they think, hey, this isn't for me. And eventually, once no one's <laughs> able to record what these judges are saying, they'll have no power at all ironically when you threw that turtle at the bailiff mm. you had to you end up you ended up going to court yeah it's true i was thinking that i was sort of living by the tenets of my hero mario and doing and just taking out an enemy but mm -hmm. it turned out i was doing the exact opposite of what i wanted and i had to really reconsider whether i wanted to be a violent mario kart player or someone who will refuse to use items because I'm a driver of peace. And that's something that all of us have to face at one point or another in our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, Franklin, thank you for that delicious piece of gossip. Yeah. I, it's, oh, yeah. It felt nice. It did. Yeah. It was a little reminiscing about our past when we first moved in. You know what? I miss... We never dream journal anymore. Like, I remember no, every we morning we would write down our dreams and then we would 
come into the living room and we'd read our dream journals to each other. We never do that anymore. Yeah, uh, the for anyone who's like keeping track of the layout of our apartment, the um, the living room is kind of where the graphic tees are, mm. and then also there's like the khaki shorts are right next to there. Yes. Um, we used to share. We used to wake up from our choke from our three way choke, pull our diaries right out, kick our lie on our stomachs, kick our legs behind us, yep. and just write our dreams. Oh, I remember, Eddie, you used to have this recurring dream where you had to be in a play when you were a and you had and you didn't know any of your lines. No. And you're also trying to break up with a very tall version of yourself. That's right. Um, mm. It was in uh, his it was like uh, Eddie Klonkar was his name and he was like mm -hmm. very tall and almost like sort of a lurch-esque from the Adams yes. family. Um, but of course, you know, he, you know, had a script. Everyone else had the script. And me, I was trying to respond to them as best I could using improv. But the audience seemed to think that it was all sort of a joke that one of us couldn't do, you know, the play. It was kind of like laughing at me for having to come up with all this stuff. And Eddie Klonkar didn't stick up for you, and that's why you had to break up with him? Absolutely. You know, yeah. you gotta have... We gotta be on the same team, you know? Like, when I'm making a fool of myself, the least you can do is not laugh along with them. Or share his script with you. Or share the script. Yeah, just tilt the script a little bit. I don't know. Or flip the script. But yeah, it was... It was tough, and it was always, like, the producer would come into the green room, like, right before going on. I don't have time to be like, wait, I'm not sure I'm even in this show. And they'd be like, okay, like, the New York Times is here to review our big show, Grab It Water, and we're going to get a lot of money. We're going to get a big run on Broadway if this goes well, but everyone needs to be off book. And then everybody kind of stood up and clapped over your question that you had? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, so the, so in the dream, you the, the show goes. Yes. You wake up the next morning. The reviews come out. This is still in the dream. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a lot of time passes in this dream. Yeah. You spent uh, I want to say you've lived several lifetimes oh. within this dream world. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, you know, the reviews come out and it turns out that this sort of zany concept of like one person not knowing what's going on. The reviewers love it. And I spend the rest of my years always as a bachelor. Eddie Clunker and I never reconcile, but spend the rest of my years doing this thing that makes me very uncomfortable, not knowing the script in this gravid water show. And then I pass away and my consciousness kind of goes to like a young man who saw my last ever gravid water show. And he eventually becomes a Zeppelin pilot and he flies people over France and I live out my life as him. And then my consciousness changes again. And this time mm. I'm the prime minister of Italy because he's the last the person who saw that boy's last Zeppelin flight before it crashed into the Atlantic. And this is where the dream gets pretty gritty. This is where the dream gets pretty gritty. Um, <laughs> I do. When you end up in the Italian, when you become the Italian man in the Italian city. 
Yes, I become an Italian man in an Italian city. I am the prime minister, but the crisis that Italy's facing mostly is that they've unearthed a giant pit of dinosaur organs, Mm -hmm. and I am the one who has to draw all of them because I'm the most powerful person in the country and the only one they trust to do it. And it's very gritty. It's very gross. There's a lot of blood. I have to cut all the organs open and draw all their parts. This takes probably 30 to 40 years. And then I finally stepped down as prime minister because they used emergency powers to make me prime minister for 40 years so I could finish drawing. And then this is right about the time where I start shaking you. It's like 4.30 in the afternoon at this point. You've been dreaming (laughs) for a while. Yes. And this is a recurring dream. So you know what's going on. You have this dream every night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you write it down exactly the same. I do. It's a harrowing tale. But you're right, we don't do that as much, and I don't know why. Me neither. Franklin, what do you miss? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You guys don't want to hear what I miss. That's not true. We do. We absolutely, that's not true. All right, well, listen, I don't want to hear nothing about it when I say it. It's just, you know... Man, I really miss just taking out a deck of cards with you guys and throwing them in the air and counting them to ourselves and and then just like not saying nothing to each other. Just like kind of, you know, like feeling good about ourselves for getting the right answer. By saying, this is good. wait, hold on. Do you guys hear that? That cracking sound? Yeah. Oh, no. What day is it? Is it the f- oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I forgot Thanksgiving was oh, yesterday. Oh my god, I forgot the, I forgot I had a belly full of turkey. I'm gonna go get some board to try to board up doors. Quick, all right, board up. Oh my god, they're looking right at me. <laughs> these windows are so big. Oh my, oh my god, quick, put on some of these clothes and get in the window. Maybe they'll think we're mannequins and won't trample us. Okay, so we have to hide from a big angry mob of 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 of, of aggressive shoppers. But until next time, we really appreciate you. This has been House Meeting. I am uh, Kelly Morrison on behalf of Frank Delano and Eddie Klinker. Um, uh, come back next week when we continue our house meeting. We try to be better friends, better people, and better roommates. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. They're coming through. Bye. Bye.